All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds, and it's probably a Monday when you're listening to this, or sometime throughout the week. We're recording on a Saturday, but you know what that means. It's another baseball podcast, this time the American League East Divisional Preview. As always, for all of our baseball content, I am joined by friend of the show, Keith Hernandez. And if you're a loyal listener, at this point, you know, not the real Keith Hernandez, but they do share the same name and he's just as cool. So we like to keep him around. Keith, how you doing? Fantastic. Another yeah. day, another day closer to opening day. That's right. We're getting closer. We only have a couple of divisions to go. If you've been with us, you know we did the American League West and the American League Central. You can find those podcasts if you want to catch up on either Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like I said today, American League East. But before we hop into that, a couple of things we need to do, which we tell you to every week. But apparently you guys aren't good listeners, so we're going to keep telling you until you do it. So number one, you can follow Beak Brands on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's important. You get all of our content there. You can interact with myself and Keith, as well as if you're looking for hockey stuff with Joe Wilson, if you're a hockey fan and you listen to that part of the podcast, he's on there as well. Or Tom, if you're a UFC guy, we're all there. Number two, you can find all of our content, including podcasts, as well as our written blogs on the website, beakbrands.com. Hit us up there. See what we got going on. Number three is we need you to subscribe slash follow to the podcast, Speak to the Beak, which can be found on, like I said already, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every other major podcasting platform that we have out there. Whew. All right. Here we go. American League East. So if you're new to this, we normally do a couple of things here. We go division preview. We go team by team. We're going to talk about our favorite additions inside the division here. We're also going to get some fantasy nuggets if you're a fantasy baseball player. And if you're a degenerate and you like to gamble, we got you covered with picks for the division. We got Cy Young picks. We got favorite for the MVP. All right, we got a lot going on. And today, Keith and I will give our leading picks for the American League pennant, which we're going to save for the very end there. So... Keith's ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's do this thing. So we're going to start off with our betting odds here. So you got Orioles plus 5,000, Red Sox plus 2,500, Blue Jays and Rays plus 350 each, Yankees minus 200. But before we hop into that, we're going to talk about our favorite addition in the division. There was a lot of names that ended up with the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Red Sox. Baltimore and Tampa did nothing. So it's kind of like a three-team race for this. So, Keith, why don't you start us off with mm -hmm. your favorite signing in the American League East? Yep. So that uh, re-signing for the New York Yankees, keeping DJ LeMahieu. Uh, that's a huge piece of their lineup. He's really carried them the last two years. Uh, don't know if they'd be anywhere close to what they are without him. Uh, so, you know, it's it's really important that they – they kept them in that lineup or else they'd be running Tyler Wade out there every day. So, I mean, yeah, bit of a long, bit, <laughs> yeah, bit, a, bit of a long contract for, for someone his age, but you know, he's probably going to be like a Ben Zobris type player. Well, he'll 
stay alive hitting 280, 300 plus until he's like 38. So good for them. Good for him. He deserves it. Yeah, he's definitely a really good hitter. Uh, someone that me and Keith associate ourselves with. Uh, so, you know, we, everyone has that person that you kind of associate yourself with, and it's just not the greatest. It's trying to tell me out here that DJ LeMahieu, he'd rather have DJ LeMahieu than Fernando Tatis Jr. And if you're friends with me <laughs> and Keith, you know who this fool is. And I just wanted to acknowledge him there because if you say something <laughs> dumb enough, you can make a lot of money like our friend Skip Bayless. So just wanted to throw that out there while we're talking about DJ LeMayhew. I agree with Keith. Obviously, big re-signing for them. Glorified hitter. Plays good defense still. Mm-hmm. Should age moderately well. Uh, my two guys, I'm going to go combo here because I ended up in the same place. Robbie Ray, one for $8 million. Kirby Yates, one for $5.5 million. And everyone knows how I feel if you're a listener. If you're new, you're going to catch on real quick. You can never have enough pitching, in my opinion. You could have 30 Jacob DeGroms. I'll take a 31st one. I don't care how many pitchers we have. I want more. So if you're a Blue Jay fan or you just are a fan of a team in the AL East here, you know that the Blue Jays pitching is horrendous, which we're going to get to later. So Robbie Ray and Kirby Yates, two guys with pretty good stuff, should help out the rotation and the bullpen. So. Those are our favorite additions. Let's get right into a team-by-team preview here. Baltimore Orioles, plus 5,000. Now, we're not going to lie. There's about one team in every division where there's not a lot going on. And this is that team. Yeah, this is that team. So if you're an Orioles fan, we apologize. We're going to do our best to cover some things for you. First, just want to shout out Trey Mancini. It was good to see him back out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. That's not what uh, cancer, something you don't want to be messing around with. So it was good to see him back in spring training. I think I saw him on TV like a week ago, give or take. So that was super cool. Yeah. He's, he's looks healthy. He's ready to go. Very, very happy for him. He's a great, he's a great player, great hitter. So yeah. And when you look I, at their team, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's probably the, the best player on their team. By far, he's the only yeah. bright spot on that team. Uh, looks like they're finally going to give him a chance to play his real position. They're going to throw Chris Davis to the side, which is nice because <laughs> Chris Davis is terrible. <laughs> that has to be that, one of the worst contracts in MLB no, history. That's hands down the worst contract. Like, Ever. It's either him or Jacoby Ellsbury. Those are yeah. the two choices. Like, <laughs> and look at that. They're both in the American League East. So exactly. we got something going for us. Um, but in terms of players, because obviously – I mean, look, just we'll give you your fantasy nugget now. Trey Mancini, that's it. I don't want anyone else. I'm not even no, considering no, no, no. anyone else. Anthony Santander is pretty good, too. Okay. We could, we could give you him if you want him. But if you play in a league with negatives for strikeouts, I don't know. Yeah. He does strike out a decent amount. But I guess if you want him to like fill out your bench, then yes, you could throw him on there. He was solid last year and the year yeah. before that. Um, so let's talk about some things. King Felix, Felix Fernandez, ended up with the Baltimore Orioles. Um, We'll see if we can kind of, like, get his career back on track there. He's got a lot of innings on his arm. The only reason we bring him up, uh, two things. If he is pretty good, they might be able to trade him for something. Because, obviously, they're not going to be in it. So, what are they going to do with Felix Fernandez? Um, But if he can rack up, like, 140 to 150 strikeouts, he has an outside chance or a pretty good chance to get to 3,000 career strikeouts, 
which would pretty much make him a a lock for the Hall of Fame. Yep, I think I think he should be in there either way. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a really great career. He's, I mean, hopefully by the time voting comes around, they don't look at his last you know three or four years where he's really struggled. But I mean, just an incredible pitcher and. You know, you you really hope that he'll he'll find that again. But speaking of pitchers trying to find themselves again, I, I'm sure the Orioles are hoping John Means finds his uh, All Star version of himself from 2019. Um, you know, he was he was really good going to the All Star break in 2019. He made the made the All Star team, and then after that, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit. ERA went up to three four three five area, and then last year he was getting hit hard a lot. Um, batting average against uh, last year for John Means was lower than 2019 um but still he was the home run was a problem and he was just getting torn apart so you know hope hopefully he, he finds that again yeah i mean look they need him because let me let's go to their rotation real quick john means felix hernandez who were just acknowledged that might not have anything left in the tank he might be at the end of the road wade leblanc dean kremer Keegan Aiken and Jorge Lopez. So if you're at home saying, wow, I don't know who that is, neither do we. All right. So they're in big trouble. I mean, we know who they are, but they're not like proven or we don't even know if they're going to be like mediocre pitchers. Mm -hmm. Forget proven. So the Orioles, do you think they win more than 55 games? It's going to be tough, especially now that the Blue Jays are going to be better than they were the last time there was a full season. Yeah. Um it's it's going to be really tough. I mean even even the Red Sox have a good enough of a lineup that they'll still beat up in the Orioles. Um but I don't the the Orioles are just going to be playing, you know, bring around the rosy with that that rotation pretty much 2 through 5. John Means is their only lock at number 1. Everyone else is going to be in and out. Um it's not and, good. Baltimore's and, a wasteland. Yeah, it's a wasteland. Yeah. I mean they 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 even got a former fourth uh fourth overall pick with Dylan Tate. You know, he was supposed to be a star uh star starting pitcher if you if you remember from that 2015 draft. Never panned out. Was traded two times. Um now he's a reliever. So, you know, hopefully he can find something. He throws gas, so I mean, that that's another another piece for the Orioles that hopefully they can look forward to. Yeah, they're just trying to scrap some stuff together until the savior of the franchise, <laughs> Adley Rushman, number two prospect all across baseball, is ready to make his big league debut. So I will throw it over to you, Keith. What are your thoughts on him? When are we going to see him? It's going to be this year. I don't know. Let me see. What do you got? Well, first, when you said savior of the franchise, I thought you were going to say Matt Harvey. But... <laughs> <laughs> um... We're going to save him for a minute from now. <laughs> um, but yeah, Adley Rushman, I don't think he's going to be up this year just because, you know, he's had that half of a minor league season. He was at the alternate site last year. Just to, you know, everyone's, every team's top prospect got the alternate, alternate site with no minor league season. But I'm sure he starts the season in at least double A. Um, I don't even think he's at major league camp. So that's definitely a sign of him not being up anytime soon, even though he really should be. He's a seasoned college hitter. Um, and you... I'm sure you want to manipulate his I can't say it they they can't say they're going to manipulate his service time but they're going to um <laughs> cuz I don't know what I don't I don't know what window of opportunity they think they're going to have to make a run of the division with such a young Blue Jays and Rays team in the division but 
I mean, they, they got to call him up sooner than later. It's they're going to run out of time for, they're going to lose his prime if they keep waiting. Well, I guess it's not like, I don't think it has to do with his hitting. I just yeah. think developing a catcher takes a lot more time it than does. for any other position. And I think that that's what true. you're, and losing all of last and year didn't help. You saw that last year when the, when the giants called up Joey Bart, he was not ready. He was dropping no. balls beyond the plate. Yeah. And then that affected his hitting too. He was hitting like 160. Yeah, it's like a psychology thing because mm-hmm. now you're only worried about like look at Gary Sanchez. We can talk about it later. Yeah, ever since they got on him for not playing defense, his bats just not been as good. Just died. Yeah, but uh, the real savior of the franchise, which you mentioned before, <laughs> our boyfriend Matt Harvey can't stand this dude. He ended up in Baltimore. I know Keith sent me a funny post on Instagram like two or three weeks ago. Familia like trying to get Matt <laughs> reunite Matt Harvey with the Mets. Which means he's so irrelevant that his old teammates don't even know he already signed another team. <laughs> oh, it was so sad seeing that picture. I'm I'm sure I'm sure all those guys, specifically Familia and, and Harvey, missed that 2015. That that was their that those are their glory days. That was the last time they were both good. Oh um, man. I can't stand Matt Harvey, so I just want to throw him in there. I'm glad that he's terrible now. He deserved every every second of this. That's what you get when you have like one pretty good year and now you're like you think you're the best pitcher in baseball. So karma's a bitch, buddy. <laughs> All right. So go to the next team there. Because are you gonna bet on the Orioles to win the division? You shouldn't. Nope. And if you should, you we need to check you into a mental institution immediately. <laughs> so here we go. Yep. Red Sox. Couple things here. So let's start with Chris Sale. Bad elbow, coming yeah. off surgery. When are we going to expect to see him? Is he going to pitch a full year after he comes back? Is he going to have a setback? What do you think? My guess is he comes back around mid-June, early July. Um, someone like him who's been injury-prone the last two, three years, uh, you I, you have to take your time with him. Um, you know, There's no reason to rush, rush him back because they got no shot at the division. Yeah. Just like the Orioles right. is. They got nothing. They got really nothing to play for. Um, and like with the limited attendance as is going to be because of COVID and stuff, like there's, you're not going to put people in the stands. Every game's going to sell out because you can only sell four thousand tickets. So there's, there's right. going to be no, no reason to you know attract people to the stands. So definitely take your time if you're the Red Sox. If the Red Sox trainers are listening to this, take your time with Chris Sale. Do not rush him back. <laughs> All um, right, but. So here's a question for you then, because you kind of leaked into our next thing here. So their lineup is still pretty good between, yeah. you know, Devers and Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, et cetera. Uh, they did trade Benintendi, which we talked about like at length when we talked about the Royals last week. But their lineup is still good. Their pitching is, whoo, I don't know. So <laughs> do you think they can compete? Like, do you think if they're in it and they bring Sale back, it'll kind of give them a boost or do you think there's just no way they can hang with the top three teams? I mean, if they're if somehow they're in it and sale comes back, they can hang in there for a wild card. Because if you look at the entire American league, I'm going to say there's probably three teams that have like an actual rotation out of the, yeah. and it's the top team in each division. Um, and even then like their rotation aren't like that deep because half of those guys are injury prone. Half of those guys are former number ones that are, you know, on a, on a one-year rental deal, hoping to find a little bit of juice again. 
a lot of fingers <laughs> throughout being crossed. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, if the Red Sox somehow end up in it and Chris Sale comes back, yeah, that is the boost they're going to need to, you know, make a run at a wild card or something. Probably not the division, but uh, so yeah. you're giving them a glimmer of hope. I'll I'll give them I'll give them yeah. a little glimmer of hope. I mean, the the lineups they're going to have enough. I mean, another for, former first round pick with the, with Christian Arroyo. He's, he was a former top prospect who was never never able to find it. It's probably not going to start. Um, you know, with Enrique Hernandez signing over there now who's finally going to get a chance to play full-time and not play seven positions every single game <laughs> even though i feel like he still might because he just he just seems like the type of person that i want to do that yeah um but they have enough i mean verdugo's good bogarts is amazing devers is amazing not on the field but at the plate <laughs> devers is amazing <laughs> all right so we think their lineup should be pretty good and we think Mr. Verdugo, Verdugo out there in center field, we kind of looked him up before. He has kind of sprayed all over the outfield, but mainly a center fielder. Uh, he was the big piece they got back in the Mookie Betts trade. What are your expectations for him? You think big step forward this year? Now that he's got some time in the big leagues? Gotta be. Gotta be. I mean, 2019, he was he was solid in a, in a platoon role pretty much. Um, you know, the Dodgers were spreading him out. He hit. 294 with 12 home runs with a OPS over 800. Then last year, he was out there first time playing every day, pretty much. Um, and he hit 308 with, a, a again, OPS over 800. Yeah. This one was around 840. So, I mean, only 24 years old. He looks like he's going to be a star sooner rather than later. Um, so, you know, hopefully, I don't, I've, I've never really watched him play center field before. I've really only seen him in the corners. But uh, center field is tricky in, in uh, Fenway. So, yeah, especially uh, with that we'll, pitching staff. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes for him. I I wouldn't be surprised if they move him to a corner eventually, but we'll see how that goes. So he's, he's my guy that I would like to see if I can snag fantasy baseball wise. Yeah, because you know, like Devers, Bogarts, JD, like those guys are gonna go We're high. Gonna go early. Obviously, like if you have a chance to take one of them, you do it. But Verdugo might not be that highly ranked like they'll probably mm -hmm. have some upside baked into his adp but he's a guy you could target uh some other guys you could target from the red Sox. just while we're here um if you're looking for strikeouts they definitely have pitchers that can strike guys out you just got to be careful because they walk a lot of guys and give up a lot of home runs between eduardo rodriguez nathan Avaldi, and garrett richards um keep those garrett richards is my boy i'll yep. take him anytime he's healthy which is for approximately 35 <laughs> innings and then it's time to get rid of him. So I was gonna use say, it while you can. <laughs> I was going to say, if you if you draft Garrett Richards, either be prepared to put him on the IL immediately and wait until June to get him back or have another pitcher saved in the waiver wire because after two starts, you're going to put him on the injured list. That's right. But he'll be really good for the first month of the season. Exactly. <laughs> um, last thing with the Red Sox, kind of big storyline. Alex Cora is back. I love that. We're like, oh, man, how dare you do something that we told you probably to do? Get out of here. Oh, wait, we're terrible. All right, come back. Come back. It kind of – it was only, like, blown up for, like, the first two days when they announced he's going to be back. It kind of blew over. I don't think anybody yep. – nobody's talking about it now. We're a week, a week in the spring training games. It's, like, three weeks since pitches and catches have reported. Nobody's saying anything. Nobody cares anymore. Yeah, they're just it's like, fine. whatever. They, we all knew yeah. this was going to happen. He's exactly, back. right? 
So and now, now it's only a matter of time is when are they going to forgive Carlos Beltran and let him be active in baseball again? <laughs> I mean, even AJ Hinch is back. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. We'll see. I guess we'll give Beltran a year or two and see where yeah, he ends up. Yeah, another year. He'll end up somewhere. All right, so let's transition to a team that would normally be north of the border, but they mm-hmm. currently do not have a place to play. That would be the Toronto Blue Jays, or Blue Jays formerly of Toronto, whatever you want to call them <laughs> at this point, because they're not playing in Toronto. Um, this offense is insane from like one to nine, incredible. Yeah. But like I said, they they don't have a home field. Like they're going to play the beginning of the year at their spring training site. And then after that, they're just like arms up. Yeah, I don't really know what we're doing after that. We're just going to figure it out as we go. So do you think that looking for a place to play can like affect their team? Definitely. Um, like, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's going to have a different feel. Like at, at your home games, like even like playing at a triple A stadium last year. Yeah, that was so weird. That, that was so weird. like when like we we watched a couple of Mets games there. I think they the Mets went over there for for two games, and it was just weird. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're watching a real game. Like I, I like no fans is already yeah like one thing, and then playing in like you know if it, it feels like you're playing in like a college game again for some of these guys, or you're back in the minors. Yeah, um, if you're if you're from Long Island here, it's kind of like they picked up the Blue Jays and dropped them off and playing at the LI Duck Stadium out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the weirdest thing ever. You got ads on every single inch of the walls yeah. out there. <laughs> like it does it doesn't it doesn't feel like a major league game. I mean, obviously, you know, we're we're not on the field, so I can't neither of us can really speak for what the guys actually feel. And I don't think any of them would publicly go out and say like I hate playing at this field, like I want to be back in Toronto or whatever. But I would I would think it have it would have some effect on them. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I mean, like you said, last year was really weird. At least this time they have like a semi permanent home where they're gonna stay in Florida and it's yeah. warm. So yeah, exactly. Like, that's another thing. That's gonna benefit their hitting for sure. It was like, oh, they're it's gonna hurt their pitching. Their pitching ain't good to begin with, so who cares? <laughs> like, let's just go all in on the hitting. And like I said to start this, their their lineup is ridiculous insane so let me just name off a couple of guys here for the people at home catcher danny jansen you got vlad guerrero jr you got marcus Simeon. you got kevin biggio you got bo bichette you got Guriel jr you got george springer which is the worst contract ever you got randall gritchick and you got rowdy yeah. telez right so there's a name just rowdy who just hits bombs at dh so and they also have Teoscar Hernandez, who will probably be moved to the bench with the George Springer signing. And he'll he'll probably platoon uh for that that DH spot when there's a lefty on the mound. Like, I don't think Rowdy can hit lefties at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. So he'll have a little bit of a role, but it'll be reduced for sure. So how far do you think their hitting can take them? <sighs> Second wild card. Okay. With so no with in. no with no expanded playoffs, they'll they're gonna be in contention for a wild card spot. They're gonna have to make a move for a pitcher. If if they're in it, and you know that Blue Jays front office, they're not scared. They were in on every free agent this off season. Um, you know, they I think they surprised people when they signed uh, Hunjin Ryu two years ago. Um, but they knew they knew who was coming up. They knew they had Vladdy coming up. They knew they had Kevin Bishop coming up. They knew they had the star Bobuchet coming up. <laughs> they're all ready to go. Um, I mean, even last year they showed it. They had the pitching; they had less pitching than they do 
last year than they do this year. So a little little boost will help, I'm sure, but they're they're gonna they're gonna have to really have to fight. Um, that the hitting is gonna have to outperform their pitching by a lot to to win at least 85 games. Yeah, that's for sure. So you kind of mentioned some of their young players, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all in on the. I've been all in on the Blue Jays for a while, just because I love flashiness. Not that I think they're going to be good. I just like to watch them play. Yep. They also have like the sleekest unis ever, outside of you know, like the Oakland A's green and gold over there. But those are my two favorite uniforms in all of baseball. Not even close. So if you don't know anything about baseball and you just want to watch a team with a cool uniform. The Blue Jays might be the team for you. Super exciting. Don't play a lot of defense. Hit a lot. They look good while doing it. <laughs> so exactly. Which to you is their best young player out of let's say Vlad, Biggio, and Bichette? Oh, Bo Bichette, definitely. Like by far. Like sure, Vladdy hits tanks, and like Kevin Biggio is like he's solid. He's like yeah, your he's average. Like guy. he's like your average second baseman. He's gonna be at a power position now at third base. He does not have the power to like hang in there with other third basemen. So, you know, he's he's going to get overlooked. Um, you know, which is fine unless he turns into, you know, his dad. <laughs> then it's a then it's a whole different it's a whole different story. Um but I mean Bobuchet's got the glove, Bobuchet's got the bat, Bobuchet's got the speed, Bobuchet's got the swag. It's all there. It's right. all there. And I love I love that the Blue Jays drafted a literal clone of Boba when they picked Austin Martin from Vanderbilt last year. At least he's a clone of Boba They're the, the same exact person, same exact player. <laughs> See, the only thing I don't like about doing the podcast with Keith is that we agree on a lot of things. <laughs> so you're probably thinking, oh, it's Vlad Guerrero Jr. I'm supposed to be that guy that informs you with some hard-hitting knowledge. That's actually not. But Keith, since I'm a nice guy, I let him go first, and he beats me to the point. So I agree that it's Boba shit, but I will say that Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s upside is like his ceiling is much higher than Boba Shet's. If he could yeah. ever like keep that weight off and play consistently, like because like you said, you know, Vigio could turn into his dad. Vlad Guerrero Jr. could turn into his dad, <laughs> but dad, the infield yeah. version, yeah. <laughs> and his dad is like Supremo Hall of Famer. So yeah. that's just one thing. You know, Vigio is a Hall of Famer too, I believe, but. Yes, not the yeah. point. Um, like Vlad Guerrero is a different category, I mean, in my Bo- opinion. Bo Bichette could turn it through his dad too and start hitting fifty home runs. Yeah, the, yeah. The fact that they have <laughs> three guys that are all sons of former professional players is like very weird. Yeah, like on the same team at the same time, they're the same age. It's almost like their they're dads all, got they're together. They're all so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then lastly. Their pitching staff, we kind of mentioned it before, not great. You got Ryu, who he's good when he's healthy. Pearson's already hurt. Robbie Ray, I love. Definitely scoop him in fantasy if you like strikeouts. He does walk a lot of guys and gives up a lot of home runs. (laughs) Uh, You got Steven Matz, who might be the worst starting pitcher in all baseball. Uh, And then you have Tanner Roark, who he's all right. He's pretty solid, I guess. Tanner Tanner Roark is the righty version of, like, Steven Matz. Yeah, but he's a little. He's like he's he's more uh Tanner is more like Rick Porcello. Yeah, I, I was say. gonna. He was like he's like a little more consistent. Like he's just consistently like underwhelming. 
Yeah. Where Steven yeah, Matz exactly. is like inconsistently horrendous. Like, it's like yeah. Steven, Steven Matz will go out there and he's going to be pumping 97 to 98 for like eight innings, give up one hit and have like 12 strikeouts. And you're like, wow, he finally found it. Yeah. Next game he goes out there, his arm is <laughs> shot from throwing 98 the game before. He's throwing little 93, 94 fastballs yeah. over the middle of the plate. He's going to give up six home runs in two innings. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God we got rid of that guy. Yeah. All right. So do we think Anthony K makes the rotation or is he going to be put in the bullpen? Now, obviously, it's kind of dependent on uh, Pearson over there. But yeah, yeah, I, it, it's pretty much a. Ro- I think it's a rotation battle between Anthony K and Ross Stripling. Um, you know, Anthony K was in the bullpen last year. Um, he was not. I mean, it, you can even include uh, Trent Thornton in that rotation battle, who has not been good the last two years. I mean, 2019 in a full season, 29 starts with an ERA almost at five. Um, probably not the guy. Even at a number five started, that's not who you want throwing for your team. Um, you know, when they traded, you know, Stroman for Anthony Kay and um, Simeon Wood Richardson from the Mets. You know, I'm I'm sure they were expecting K to project as a starter. Um, yeah. Trading away your star pitcher for a reliever, not what you want to do. Not the answer. Not, not even do. the Rays would and do that. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if Simeon Wood Richardson ends up projecting as a reliever too. He's he kind of reminds me of like you know those big tall lanky pitchers that throw. I don't even think he throws that hard. I think he sits around you know mid 90s, where he's gonna come up to the majors and his stuff is not going to be there for a starter. Um, and it's going to end up, you know, transitioning to the bullpen, just like K because K is not a hard thrower either by any means. So I don't know, you know, hope for the, yeah. hope for the best for them, but the, the blue the Jays Ra- have some pitching problems. The, the, blue, yeah. the blue Jays <laughs> need one of those between, between Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, Ross Stripling, Anthony K, they need at least one of those guys to be like within it. Just have it, just have an ERA under four. Give her yeah. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right, Keith. So let's move on to our last two teams here. We have the Rays. We have the Yankees. Start with the Rays because they're in front in terms of mm-hmm. uh, the betting odds there. So a couple of things on the Rays. Their bullpen is stacked. They're like five guys deep that all throw pretty much unhittable stuff. Their lineup is irrelevant to me, and I'll tell you why. Not that their players are bad, because their players are good. But like we've said before, it seems like the Rays just put everyone's name on like a bingo ball, and they put it into the jar where you get to spin it, you know what I'm talking about? And (laughs) then they just randomly pull out a guy like, oh, you're batting first and playing second base today. Okay, who was going to bat second? Like, And then next thing you know, there's guys that – have a 9,000 slugging against right-handed pitchers that throw 94 to 96 when the wind is blowing south-southeast at a 15-mile-an-hour <laughs> clip or less. And it's like their informational department down there is ridiculous. Um, they lost Blake Snell, which is obviously big. They tried to replace him with about three guys, give or take, mm-hmm. um, and in a combined effort. And one of those three guys is Chris Archer. So can Chris Archer – find his old form now that he's back with the Rays? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> the, get back into his old form uh, to any sort of degree. Um, you know, we were talking about our boy Matt Harvey before. He's four and a half years off of thoracic outlet surgery, and he's nowhere close to what he's ever been. Um, you know, he was, after the surgery, you remember he was sitting around 
like 89 to like 92 on his fastball. Um, like during the, in spring training during the regular season, he was always super low 90s. And, you know, he, he threw a game yesterday for the Orioles and he was sitting around 92, 94, which is probably the fastest he's thrown in, in years. So I really don't think Chris Archer is going to be anywhere close to what it used to be. Um, I know, I know we, we kind of share the same thoughts on uh, Chris Archer's <laughs> early career, which, which you can, you could talk about now. So before we get to that, I just want to note that I, I think it's like almost impossible to recover from that. Cause there's only like two guys that have survived it. You had Chris Carpenter who didn't last too much longer after he had it. Mm-hmm. And then he had Josh Beckett who had like a good eight months. And then he fell off a gigantic cliff after that. And his career was over. So coming back from that is tough. Uh, the reason why I think that Chris Archer will not be able to find his old form is because I was on this. I, I take pride in being on this from the very <laughs> beginning is he wasn't good to begin with. <laughs> My goodness. The people anointed this guy as like a top 10 pitcher. He's never had an ERA under three ever at one time. His lowest ERA was three, two, two. And his whip that year was one, one, two. Strikeouts per nine that season, 7.1. At he, now, he does have a better better strikeout numbers per nine innings, but his ERA inflated. 3-2, 4, 4.3, last year, or in 2019, excuse me. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? This guy was never good, and everyone's like, oh, that's such a good signing. Like, that was a waste of whatever million dollars. Come on. Give him like four or five this year. Like, they – Fleeced the pirates. Yeah, they, they did. <laughs> the pirates. When the, I remember the day they made that trade. I texted you and Joe at the exact <laughs> same time, and I said, "Wow, the pirates have no idea what they're doing." And you were kind of on the boat. We're like, "Oh, but Chris Archer's like pretty good." And then Joe was on the boat where it was like, "Chris Archer is good. What are you talking about?" And the next thing you know, Tyler Glass now is like the fifth best pitcher in baseball because he learned how to throw straight. Yep. And Austin Meadows is like, I roll out of bed and bat 285. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chris Archer is like, my strikeout numbers went up, but I can't get anybody out. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's, it's I find it crazy that the Pirates gave up on not only Garrett Cole, but Tyler Glass on too. And Joe Musgrove. And Joe Musgrove. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. But let's, hey. let's go back and focus on the race. Oh, I my think. God. Um, I, I just have to throw it in there now that we're there. I know we're yeah. gonna save it for the NL Central too, but like that tweet that you have where that you saved, where someone on the Onion wrote that they think the Pirates are just like a mafia front for like <laughs> money. That's very funny. I really like that a lot. <laughs> but like you said, back to the Rays here. Yeah, back to where the Rays. You, I, yeah. you go, you go, you okay. got it. I mean, realistically, they got like two, one, one very like elite pitcher. And one very good pitcher, that the lead pitcher being Tyler Glasnow, the very good pitcher being uh, Ryan Yarborough. Um, besides that, I mean, besides that, you're gonna have some mix of Chris Archer, Michael Waka, Rich Hill, like Colin McHugh. I like Rich Hill when he's out. I, he I love Rich Hill, but, <laughs> but Rich Hill's like what 41, 42. Now he's getting in the Jamie Moyer territory. I wonder if they cut off his finger. <laughs> they should. They just give him They'll a little robotic time finger. on the injured list. And yeah, they just exactly. Because you know, by May he's gonna have he's gonna be on the injured list with the blister. 
Like, um, I have to get that guy some eczema cream or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, they got some prospects that could come up and can fill in the rotation between Brendan McKay and, and Brent Honeywell. Um, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen. And then, you know, we were, we were talking about their, their lineup before it's going to be a mix and match. You're going to have your steady, steady guys in there between like, you know, Austin Meadows is looking like he's going to DH. Yanni Diaz is either going to be in there at third or first. Willie Adamas is your everyday shortstop. Brandon Lau is your, is your everyday second baseman. But I mean, they got Joey Wendell there too. They got Mike Rosseo, who are both very good players. Who you don't really have a spot for them right now. So you gotta they they're gonna find time for them to play. I don't know how they do it, but you know, by the end of the season they're still gonna be playing over hundred games. I told you it's bingo board. It's it they is just yeah. take turns. Yeah, I mean that's all they do. Um I could see one of those guys getting flipped though for some pitching. Like if they I can package a pitcher and one of those guys for like a real pitcher. My guess would be um, Mike Perseo. Yeah, I would I would agree, tend to agree there. Could be Willie Adamas too, if they want to bring up uh Franco over there. Yeah, I forgot that you know Franco's the number one prospect in baseball. There. Only yeah. the number one prospect in baseball just yeah, sitting no around. Uh, do you think we're going to see uh, Randy Rosarena part two, where he's just hitting a bomb every other time he's at the at the plate? I I feel like it's he's going to go on a like ridiculous, you know, like Trevor Trevor Story when he first came up, he had that like streak in April where he had like 15 home runs in the month. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Randy Rosarena is going to be that guy who just goes off for a month and then he's going to hit like 130 for like yeah. the next two months. And when you I, look at I, the end of the season, it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But like two of the months, he was literally batting like a buck eighty, and yeah. he did nothing. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's he's definitely he's got potential. He's he's good. I mean, plays anything like he, he did in the postseason, he'll he'll be great. He's yeah, for sure. He's looked fine in two games of spring training so far. I mean, even during the regular season, he only played twenty three games, but I mean, he was solid. Yeah, and we're going to talk about him and his MVP odds a little bit later. Um, so we kind of the Rays have some holes that we acknowledge, but I don't think anyone outside of the Rays organization knows how anyone fills those holes. So I'm not even going to try to guess. Nope. So we're just going to go right to the next team, are in our home market here, the New York Yankees. They got a lot going on, but Keith requested that this be his Keith's corner. So. It's only fitting that Keith Hernandez is doing a Keith's Corner on the New York Yankees. So if you're a Yankees fan, make sure you listen up. If you're a Yankees hater, make sure you listen up. We're here for you. Keith, you could take it away. Yeah. So I think my main focus is going to be on how far is the Yankees pitching going to carry them. You don't really have a bullpen. You don't really have a rotation. I don't care what you say about, you know, Corey Kluber and, you know, Jordan Montgomery. They're not good. Not good. You know, Corey Kluber is realistically not going to find his former Cy Young self. Um, you could say whatever you want about his first spring training start. Half like half of the lineup was minor leaguers. Like obviously he's gonna go out there and, and pitch well. Um you you know he's gonna get hurt at one point, um, and once he's hurt, you don't really have a backup. 
you know, you're really the only young guys on your team. Young, it's like your being like any Yankee fans listening, is Debbie Garcia and Luis Severino. You know, I have no idea what the timetable is for Luis Severino to come back. My guess would be he's on the same timetable as like Noah Syndergaard and Chris Sale, where he's going to be back in June ish, July. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, when Severino comes back, it could either be a huge boost to the rotation if he, you know, recovers properly. Or it could be like a majority of these guys who come back from Tommy John surgery and, you know, they can't find it for that first season or even two seasons. He can, they can't find it. But um, this is going to get me to my main point about how the Yankees are running out of time to win. Your team is old. <laughs> you don't have much pitching. I don't know if you're aware about expiring contracts, but Gary Sanchez has two more years. Aaron Judge has two more years. You got Corey Kluber for this year. You got Jamison Tyone for two more years. Chad Green, two more years. Zach Britton, two more years. And Araldis Chapman, two more years. That's like your entire team. You know, realistically, you're going to re-sign Aaron Judge. That's pretty much a given. I don't expect him to leave. But, they, I mean, there's only two year, two more years of arbitration left, including this year. When you say two um, more years, I'm just going to cut you off right there for 10 seconds. Yeah. You mean this year coming up and the year after that? This year coming up and the year after. Just not to clarify for the people the, at yeah, all. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this year coming up and next year. That Those are those are your only two years of, of all those guys I just mentioned. So Carlos Stanton is 31. Um, He hasn't been healthy in two years. Um, You know, when Stanton was an MVP before the, all those, you know, he was MVP at 28. Got traded to the Yankees, had a healthy season at 29, and he was good. Nowhere close to what he was in MVP, but he was good. And then the last two years, 30 and 31, um, he's just been completely injury prone and broken. Aaron Judge is 29 years old. Um, that age 28 season when Stanton had his MVP is behind them. Aaron Judge was hurt that year. The year before, Aaron Judge was hurt. You know, what What are these guys going to do to, you know, stay healthy and, you know, give this team a shot to win? Because between age and expiring contracts, there's there's not I, – I think Yankee fans think they have a lot more time than they there really is. I, well, that's a pretty good point there that you made between their hitting is going to carry them, their pitching is deficient. So mm-hmm. let's start with their pitching. Because that's what, as you know, if you listen at home, pitching makes me nervous. So that, as you stated, they're really banking on Corey Kluber coming off injury, Jameson Tallion coming off injury, Jordan Montgomery, who's just like a guy, in yeah. my opinion. That makes me really nervous. Yep. Now they do, like you said, they have Severino potentially cool. coming back. Either it could be May, it could be June, it could be July. Could be August. Uh, we don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, the Yankees know, um, and they'll probably, you know, set a further date out. So if he comes back earlier, it's like, oh, look at this guy. He came back so much <laughs> earlier. You know what I mean? Because every team does that, which makes sense. Because you don't want to, if you say he's coming back, you know, the third week of April, and he doesn't come back until the first week of June. Everyone thinks he had a bunch of setbacks and all yeah, that other exactly, stuff. Exactly. So don't listen to anything they say about you know timetables there. 
the pitching does make me nervous. Their hitting is incredible. Like you said, they have a lot of guys that are about to hit that 30-year-old kind of threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, or already over it. Or already over it. So one guy they do have that's young, who's been trying to figure it out, who allegedly finally gets to play, is Clint Frazier. Yeah. Now, they did bring back Brett Gardner again. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that Clint finally gets to like play? A full season? Or I mean, is Gardner going to hijack his job again? I think he's going to have to hit at least like 285 to, you know, stick in the lineup. Um, I mean, if he hits 285, but he's dropping balls out in left field and he's, you know, bobbling like line drives that, that bounce in front of him and stuff or diving for balls that are 20 feet away from him and, and letting him roll into the gap, <laughs> you know, they're going to yank him from the lineup. I mean, Mike Talkman is another guy who's fighting for a spot in that team. And, you know, he's looked, he's looked solid. Um, you know, I'm sure it's going to be weird for Yankee fans to see Brett Gardner sitting on the bench. I'm sure it's going to be weird for him. Um, and I don't well, think he has more time to bang the top of the dugout with his bat. Now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, speaking of, we were speaking to injury prone players before Aaron Hicks is another player that yep. doesn't really stay healthy. And if Aaron Hicks goes who's your center fielder, Mike Talkman, uh, I don't watch many Yankee games. So I don't know how, if, if Mike Talkman's like a solid defensive center fielder, but I know Brett Gardner cannot play center field anymore. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's inevitable that Aaron judge is going to go down at some point during the season for at least a week or two. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure Clint Frazier will be there one way or another, whether he hits his way into the lineup or people get hurt, but I'm sure he'll get a chance to be in the opening day lineup if he performs well in spring training. For sure. Um, now we do acknowledge the Yankees are a really good team. They're yes. currently listed as the American league favorite to not only win this division, but also to win the entire pennant for the American mm-hmm. league. Um, and we kind of expect them to be there for the most part. We're going to get to that in a second, but some other storylines with the Yankees, uh, the Sasquatch fixed his teeth. <laughs> so that was cool. It looks um, weird. It does look weird. Yeah. You got to go back. Like, like you said, <laughs> like we were just talking in conversation. If that's what you look like, you just got to keep it. Yep. It just looks strange now <laughs> or you got to fix it before you come famous. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But the Yankees lineup is really, really good. So let's go to a little wet in the beak here. So we're Mm going to talk about Cy Young MVP, and then we'll give our picks for the division. I think you kind of know where we might stand, but here you go. Uh, And obviously, with the Rays and Yankees for fantasy players there, uh, if you can get anyone on pretty much either one of those teams, I know this is not like great fantasy analysis, but I mean – these are two teams that could go to game seven of the ALCS. So yeah. you want anyone on either one of these teams. If you're a fantasy baseball player, you know that everyone on a good team is valuable because some guys mm-hmm. offer you runs. Some guys have you stolen bases, RBI, some guys hit for power, etc. So let's wet the beak. If you're new to this, wetting the beak would be, we're going to make some picks to make you some money, hopefully. So Cy Young, I'll read off some odds. You tell me what you like. So you got Garrett Cole plus 350, Tyler Glasnow plus 800, Ryu plus 1,000, Kluber plus 2,000, 
Sale, 2,500. Severino, 3,000. Eduardo Rodriguez and Pearson, plus 3,500. And Nathan Avaldi, plus 4,000. So where are you going with your AL Cy Young pick out of this division? Yeah, with the Cy Young out of the division, I think I think I have to go with Cole, with Garrett Cole. I think this is the year that he's going to end up carrying this Yankee rotation. I think most of these guys, like I was saying before, know that they're slowly running out of time. Um, this is probably going to be the year where, you know, you know, first full year in New York, he got his, his feet wet a little bit last year and, you know, struggled. Everyone made fun of him, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, he's, I'm sure I'm positive. He's going to find it this year. He's going to lock in and be, you know, the Garrett Cole that they gave 250 million plus for, um, ERA around two, two strike out three or something. People is he's going to have one of those years. So I'm not going to disagree because I do think he's the best pitcher in this division uh, in terms of if I pick a Cy Young. But the reason I'm not going to pick him is because Tyler Glass now is every bit as good. Yep. And he has better odds, plus 800. I'm going to take him because of that reason. And like you said before, he's the only like real pitcher that the Rays have on their team. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is like a five inning guy or, you know, they're a starter, but they're not really a starter and blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. if the Rays do anything, it's going to be Tyler Glass now putting the team on his back and just going absolutely insane every time he pitches. So for that reason, I like Glass now plus 800, a little bit better than Cole plus 350. Mm-hmm. Because Cole could be overshadowed by other Yankee stars. I think if the Rays are successful, it's all going to be because of Glass now and the calculator. <laughs> yeah and the calculator does is not eligible for this award so it's got to be glass now <laughs> so that's where i'm going there how about your favorite for al mvp out of this division remember buyers beware the correct answer is mike trout who does not play in this division but we're <laughs> going to give you a pick anyway so yeah what do you got mvp for the division might be a sleeper for some people for others Maybe it's maybe it might be clear to you because some of you might know how good he is. But Xander Bogarts, um, I think, could be the MVP of this division. Just not because he's going to carry his team to a wild card spot with you know the Red Sox, but because he has the chance to put up some insane numbers. Um, if you look, I mean, even if you you can include last year because he was great last year, but his last two full seasons, 2018 and 2019. He's put up literal MVP caliber numbers. Um, I don't remember where he finished the voting in 2019, but 52 doubles, 33 home runs with a 309 average and a uh, OPS of pretty much 940. I mean, for a shortstop, that's insane. Uh, for any position, that's insane. Um, only 28 years old, he's going to be good for a very, very long time. Um, so don't be surprised if... Xander Bogarts finished in the top three of the entire American League MVP voting this year. Yeah, I like that pick for sure. And obviously, me and Keith are swinging for the fences here. Because like we've stated, for you to beat out Mike Trout, you need to have numbers that are like comparable to him just to be considered yeah. it to win this award. So if I'm going to – I'm taking the huge odds too. I'm taking a different shortstop. I'm going to take Bo Bichette. We kind of talked about him before. The reason I'm taking him 
is because he doesn't really strike out a lot, which is something you're going to need if you're competing with Mike Trout. Um, for his career, 307 hitter. He only has 16 home runs, but that's because his rookie year he only played 46 games, and last year he only played 29 games. So he doesn't. He's only has 75 games total, but he's got 16 home runs. So it would almost be like he's he could be 25 plus in the home run department this year. Yeah. He he bats at the top of the order. Keith mentioned that he has speed. He could potentially give you 15 to 20 stolen bases. He could be close to like a 100 runs, 100 RBI guy. If the mm-hmm. if he stays healthy all year, he hits, and the rest of the Blue Jays show up to hit. Slugging 549 on his career, OPS 896. So he has the numbers, and I think every there's going to be a lot of weight, like pressure. On terms of Vlad Guerrero Jr., not physical weight, just pressure when you're <laughs> carrying the team. But if Bichette steps up, takes some of that off him, and just goes on an absolute tear this year, he could be a guy that is in the conversation for MVP. Uh, obviously, it's a long shot, plus four thousand. But like I said, we're swinging for the fences here. Yeah. So you got to beat out Mike Trout. You got to swing for the fence, and that's my pick. Yep, that's that's another great pick. And you know, for all those people who love war um Bobuchet's defense I'm sure if he plays a full season if he's healthy um his war I'm sure will be carried by his defense and not saying that he's not a good hitter because he's an amazing hitter he's, <laughs> I mean he's probably one of the best shortstop in the American League just off of two seasons where he played pretty much like a month 75 games like, yeah. <laughs> like literally a month in both the, both both the years um He's still a top shortstop in the American League. Don't be surprised if he's an all-star this year. Don't be surprised if he's top five, top ten in MVP voting. The reason I didn't take Bogarts mm-hmm. is because I don't think the Red Sox are going to win enough games. to be Yeah, for him to be considered, yeah, right? That's, like, I think Bogarts will have better numbers than Bichette, potentially. Like, they, could, uh, they could be astronomically better. That's the only way he's going to be in the conversation. Like yeah. He's going to have to hit like 330. 40 home runs, 20 stolen bases, 120 RBI. He's going to have to like lose his mind because normally if you're a really good player on a bad team, the media is kind of like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my concern with Bogarts. I, I took Bichette at the same odds because I think Toronto is going to be better than Boston. So that's what we're kind of looking at there. So, all right, Keith, this is the time we give our two picks here. So chalk pick for the division and then your upside pick. So the chalk pick for the American League East is the Yankees. Yeah, unfortunately, gotta be the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, like I mean, we were we were messing around, joking, not not joking. We were talking about the pitching before, saying that they're not great, but they still probably have the best rotation in the division. And I think yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> say, yeah, I think <laughs> it's speaking more about the the pitching in the division rather than the strength of the Yankees rotation. <laughs> I agree. The Yankees are a really good team. I mean, they don't really have any holes outside of starting pitching. Their bullpen's good. Their position players are good. Now, there's a lot of pressure on them, and hopefully that doesn't crumble them if you're a Yankee fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. For me and Keith, we would love to see that, but we also (laughs) like to be right, so we're taking you as our chalk pick, so hopefully (laughs) you don't crumble too much. Um, I think that was kind of a given. That was one of the easier ones, I think, out of the other divisions that we've done so far. So who's your upside pick, though, and why? So let me just remind the people at home of our betting odds here. Rays plus 350, Jays plus 350, 
Red Sox, 2,500, Orioles, plus 5,000. I know you're considering the Orioles, but I don't think you're going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh you know matt, the that matt harvey edition really making me consider the orioles but uh <laughs> um no i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the rays here i mean coming off a world series uh world series appearance um the lineup is good enough i mean not having blake snell like we said before is gonna hurt them but you know they're they're gonna have all these random guys coming in and pitching and doing enough to make you know make them get through it's it's going to be fine for them i think and i they they will give the yankees a run for their money at the division i tend to agree with you but i'm just going to pick somebody else (laughs) i'm all in where's dan please sack from mlb network i'm drinking the blue jays kool-aid i love that (laughs) i love everything about them except for their pitching but like keith said no one in this division really has incredible pitching which means give me the team with the best lineup outside of the Yankees. And to me, that's the Blue Jays. I'm all in on all the young players. There's no pressure whatsoever on them because no one's picking them to win. Yankees are the big bad guy. They're just, you know, the Blue Jays and Rays and everyone else is playing for second, and that's fine. But if these young guys start balling out and they get on a roll and they start swagging like Fernando Tatis Jr., (laughs) but, you know, for the Blue Jays, we're in good shape. So that's going to be my upside pick, even though I, the Rays and them at the same odds were like, scared me a little bit. Yeah, because that means the public money is on Toronto for sure, which means they're not going to win. But like, let's go Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that Blue Jays team. So that's, that's definitely another good pick. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. And we have a bonus pick for you guys today because it's our last day of the American League. So we're going to give you our pick for the American League pennant. So let me just give you some betting odds here. All right. So you got Yankees are plus 250, White Sox plus 400, Twins plus 700, Rays plus 700, Athletics plus 900, Blue Jays plus 900, Astros 1100, Indians 1600, Red Sox 2000, and then everything after that. You're not picking any of those teams. So are you going to take? The Detroit Tigers, plus 4,000, <laughs> led by Spencer Tork- Torkelson and old <laughs> Miguel Cabrera to win the American League pennant. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, who you take? I'm rocking with the White Sox on this one. Um, okay. I, I think they have the most consistent pitching in the in the American League. Um, you know, pitching matters in, in the playoffs a lot. You know, we always say, Good pitching beats good hitting. That's right. Um, you know, they're going to have to add a bullpen arm if they're going to want to hang in there because you know how many games are played with the bullpen in the playoffs. Um, but I have a feeling that uh, the ALCS is going to be the Yankees against the White Sox, and it's going to be a battle of who hits more home runs. Um, but, I mean, we have yet to see the dead-end MLB ball be used because for some reason they're not using the new ball in spring training. They're going to go into <laughs> opening day with a new ball, which makes so much sense. <laughs> um, so we'll see if the ball is actually dead or not and uh, give us some normal postseason baseball again instead of a home run derby. We'll see. We'll see. I like that pick, but that's not who I'm taking. Mm. I'm taking the Oakland A's plus <laughs> 900. I'll give you a couple reasons why. 
One, Keith said it already, good pitching beats good hitting. And some of these teams have no pitching whatsoever, right? I like the Oakland A's. I don't know why, how they're in it every year, but they are. I love them. I love everything about them. I like the way they operate. You know, you got, like we kind of mentioned before, if you didn't listen to it, Fires, Manea, Montas, Lazardo, Bassett. They have AJ Puck. Their bullpen between Rosenthal, Romo, Trevino, Diekman, Petit. Like they have guys who can pitch, and their lineup is really good. I also think that they probably play in the weakest division out of the American League teams. I mean, the AL Central is pretty bad, but AL Central is pretty disgusting. Yeah, it's it's a two-team race, in my opinion, in the American League West. And if they can beat out the Astros, because like you got to think about it this way, they're gonna pummel the Mariners, the Rangers, and most likely the Angels. So they could have a huge lead to potentially getting that number one or that number two seed in the American League. And I think that'll be big for a team like Oakland. So that's who I'm going with for my American League pennant pick. It's a sleeper pick. Um, I think they are going to be a wild card team in, in my eyes. Um, that's okay. I, as I, long as they get in, they have. As, a listen, as long as as long as they get in, they have a chance. But Astros just said that Jake Odorizzi. Um, yeah, I mean he should be a Met, but all right, not the should, point. He should be a Met, but um, the little pitching boost for them, uh, definitely gonna play a big role for them. It uh, it's gonna be like you said, it's gonna be two team race in that division. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they are the are, end up being the wild card team, but they can make a run. Go Oakland, go boys. <laughs> All right, so me and Keith, that was our surprise of the show there. We didn't share our picks before we did it. I'm not surprised he took the White Sox because he likes them a lot. He's probably mildly surprised I went with Oakland. Yeah. Between the unis and the guys on the field, you can't go wrong. You just can't. <laughs> so here's what we got. Before I give you the preview for next show, reminder, you're going to need you to follow Beak Brands. All right. On Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, subscribe and follow to the podcast. Speak to the beak on Apple and Spotify. Tell your friends if you're a Yankees fan or hater and you want to share this podcast, help a guy out. All right. Next time we come back here, we are going to be starting with the National League. We didn't do any of them yet. So we got the West, we got the Central, we got the East. We'll have them all covered. And that's going to bring us to about three weeks before the season starts. So it's really starting to ramp up, Keith. And it's very Mm -hmm. exciting. I love it. I'm so excited. So we'll be back with you next week. You can follow me at Tim Ferdinand. You can follow Keith at Keith Hernandez. Two Zs. If you're looking for the hockey pod, that would drop Thursday mornings. And we record Wednesday nights. If you're looking for baseball, that would be Mondays. Because we record on Saturday. Football will be kickstarted again soon once we get a little bit closer to NFL free agency and the draft. So that's what we got for you today. And until next time, we will see you guys soon. See you soon.